today we're talking film trilogies and wrapping up the Loki season with our final impressions. Get ready for a fresh new episode of Podcast Demastered. Welcome listeners to episode 7 of the podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Meyer, and I'm joined, as always, by my two very good friends, Wade and Chelsea. Today is going to be a fun episode. We're going to be talking film trilogies, but before we get into all of that, we got to talk about that Loki finale. So, yes. right off right off the bat, Chelsea, first impression of the finale for that show. That's the way to do it. That's the way they they did it. They made a good show. It was a good finale. It was definitely set up like a show where it had like a fun cliffhanger too, but at least it answered a lot of your questions. Yeah. It was well written, well executed. The like direction of the episode was great. I don't know. I thought they did it right this time. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree with that. They definitely stuck the landing. Wade, what about you? First impressions? Um, just the whole feel of the episode starting off, um, starting out like so soft and everything was just so like right in place. Um, and you really didn't know where it was going to go once it started like in this atmosphere. Um, but there was never any like high action. There wasn't anything huge. It was just plot revelations bam 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 and then the rush to the end and then oh my god what's gonna happen next yeah that's honestly Mm kind of what i want in a final episode like i don't need a big like bombastic fight Mm -hmm. i i want like uh like give me more questions and give me answers you know especially Mm -hmm. if i know there's another season like i expect not everything to be resolved because it kind of you know, it doesn't make it as fun waiting for the second season. Right. But at least some of the stuff that they established in the beginning, they at least, you know, sort of wrap up by the end. At least a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And this one actually does uh, have bigger ramifications for the entire MCU as opposed to just, like, Loki. Whereas the other two shows were just kind of more, like, big revelations for that specific character. Where it's either it's a costume change or a name change, you know. <laughs> but Loki yeah. uh, completely changes everything moving forward, and that is incredibly exciting. I think uh, I think they came out after the finale debuted and said that Loki technically on the timeline takes place right after Endgame, but before WandaVision. I think. I think hmm. that's what they said. So technically after even the timeline starts like erupting, we still have all these other shows that happen. Because WandaVision is like four months after Endgame. And didn't they say like Falcon and Winter Soldier was like six to eight months after Endgame or something like that? So all these things are happening. All these things are, all those shows are happening even with the, you know, so on multiverse starting to erupt. Which is pretty crazy. Which I'm wondering, does that help explain something with Miss Marvel? Who knows? Um, mm. That could be interesting. Um, what do you guys think of Jonathan Majors' portrayal as uh, one of the variants for... <laughs> um, what is the character's actual name? Isn't it like Nathaniel Richards? Isn't that King the Conqueror's like... 
Yeah. Does he? Oh. Well, in the comics. Yeah, and... yeah. yeah so that's, the well, that's yeah, what, yeah, yeah. that's Iron Lad's name, who is, like, the kid version of Kang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think he's ever called that he's never called that that iteration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because in the show, he's just a he who remains. You know, it's, they don't ever, mm-hmm. like, call him anything. They don't even call him Kang. Because right. he's technically not Kang, I guess. Because Kang's yeah. a, a, a very violent variant <laughs> of him. <laughs> so... Um, but I actually really liked, uh, that actor and his... Oh, he did his, such a great job. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. wasn't sure the direction, like, the character was going to go in, like, how he was going to be perceived. Um, yeah. but, like, watching him act, but then, like, you're putting it together on, like, who he really is and how long he's been there for and why he's doing what he's doing. And he's, you know, like, he's kind of lonely very tired but he still has this big job to do crazy yeah he's kind of losing it a little bit um i mean that dude has literally seen some shit for real (laughs) and he's seen it all (laughs) you know we're gonna get the same actor portray the different character in the future which is i really want to see how he's going to be later like how far of a departure from this um he who remains character is King the Conqueror going to be? I want to see that that jump. I'm expecting, yeah. um, you know, like a very different portrayal from what He Who Remains is. Cause oh yeah, it even mm-hmm. seems like He Who Remains is afraid of King. You know, yes, mm-hmm. which is who he, like who he could be. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, you think I'm evil? Wait till you meet my variants. I'm just like, damn, this mm-hmm. dude. <laughs> yeah, he's a. It's gonna be a flipping mess, and like, so we we know we're gonna get him in Quantum Mania, which like, is like that'll be the reveal like of two like, years away too. Which yeah, sucks. I know that's forever. Um, but after the shenanigans of, you know, Wanda and Doctor Strange going through this multiverse stuff, yeah, um, it's likely he has some things to say about that. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're going to start using this actor as kind of the same way they did Thanos, where they start just kind of peppering mm-hmm. him around for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, three, four, five years before he actually makes a full screen, you know, reveal. That's true. Or even having, like, different variants show up. But they're not yeah. all, oh. like, as quite as bad until we get the super big reveal at the end. Oh, yeah, that'd be crazy. True. I mean, because also the the show ends with Loki in a different universe mm-hmm. where seemingly it's like implied that that's Kang's timeline. Mm-hmm. Well, Kang yeah. is, Kang is in charge of the TVA now. Yeah. Um, so everything before that point has changed to match Kang's version of it since yeah. time, the TVA's time is a loop. Um, and that, so I'm guessing that's why like those people didn't know who Loki is anymore because yeah. everything's been their future and their past has been changed to where that never happened so um i look forward to seeing how loki fits into the tva i suppose with his next season yeah they also said that loki's uh supposed to be in doctor strange now really yeah i saw that uh floating around on uh, the <laughs> internet that that uh, it was like announced that he's supposed to have like some sort of role in Doctor Strange. Interesting. But they, I guess, they were keeping it under wraps until the f- the show was over. 
<laughs> so I look if that's true, I look forward to that. There's I mean there's so much. Can then we just make Doc the Doctor Strange movie like four hours long at this point? Right. Because <laughs> there's so many rumored like appearances and everything else happening in it. Like Jesus Christ, let's just yeah, let's just do that. One thing uh, that's kind of like sad news that I saw is that the uh, like one of the key writers and showrunner for Loki is not returning for season two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kate Heron. That mm-hmm. kind of upsets me because I feel like she handled this show with you know just perfectly like it was Mm -hmm. such an amazing product and it's sad that she's not going to be able to do season two or willing or whatever she said she's working on other stuff that's non-marvel related so it seems like she kind of just got in did her thing got out well Um, it it sounded like the like she agreed to do the season one and she had the plan all written out and everything um and it was later that they were like oh well we're gonna do a season two but she had already was like well i I've already made plans for, like, all these other things. Yeah. So, which is too bad, but... Yeah, so that's disappointing. Um, Yeah. Because it would be nice to kind of keep the... I like it when shows actually keep the same, uh, like, production teams and stuff, because it just helps with consistency. Oh, for sure. So. Mm -hmm. You know, apparently there was a whole bunch of people that worked on the Loki show that had never seen any of the Thor movies. I also read that the composer... Uh, Natalie Holt, I think her name is. She wrote the music before the show even started, like filming. Dang. Oh, really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like she said, she said that she did the uh, like the theme, like the Loki theme, before they even like got started. Sweet. <laughs> I was like, that's Sweet. pretty that's impressive. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like because it works perfectly. Like this show <laughs> has the best music out of like all MCU properties, in my opinion. Like, hey, if you're, if you're telling me that Agatha all along is not a banger, you need to call it down. It's <gasps> it's it's absolute horseshit oh my god. trash. No, oh my it's, god! It's Why literally just it's that? literally it's literally just Twitter swill. That's all it is. Hey, it's fun, yeah. but it's yeah, it's it's campy it's not and the fun music of stupid, Loki, well, but it's well, not music. Well, if they're two different things, though. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. One's good. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Whatever. We'll just say that the TV shows brought a lot more memorable music than, well, let's one say, of them some did. of the movies. Well, the movies did, indeed. Well, I mean, the, the, okay. the shows did have better, like, overall music than the movies did. Mm-hmm. I mean... The movies, you got, like, one Falcon and Winter Sol- a lot. Falcon and Winter Soldier's music is just, like, literally, it's almost like royalty-free, like, cinematic shit that you can download on the internet. Like, yeah. Well, we're just talking about maybe a little bit of WandaVision, and we'll talk about Loki. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> WandaVision was creative because it was doing, like, stylistic approach to music based mm-hmm. on era. So that's, like, creative. But it's not like it's a soundtrack I want to listen to. Whereas I would actually sit down. In fact, I've been refreshing Spotify daily waiting for the album to drop for Loki <laughs> just so I can listen to it. Oh, is it not all out yet? No, just the first three episodes. Oh. So... I'm so hoping this like week. The theme, this theme song goes on there. I yeah, the theme, the themes on there, and, and episodes one through three. But I want that whole album because that soundtrack is incredible. I love it so mm. much. So, um, yeah, I mean, we could spend forever just speculating on how much they're gonna play into this multiverse. I did read that uh, they were talking about how they've been very careful on doling out information about the multiverse. And they're going to continue to be. So I don't think it's going to be just like this 
you know, it happened in Loki, and now all of a sudden they're just going to explode with yeah the like, the way that they made it seem like that that um the reaction from the audience made it seem was that like it's everything everywhere people are going to start popping into existence and timelines are melding yeah. and portals yeah. to the multiverse is opening and it's like everybody calm down yeah like i still think <laughs> we're going to get little like inklings and stuff with it and then you know with dr strange like there's going to be more messing around with it but mm-hmm I don't think we're going to see like actual real tangible changes until yeah, you know, Quantumania season two of Loki, mm-hmm. you know, when mm-hmm. pro- one phase five proper actually starts. Like, so here's my take on like what, what I think is what like really happened after Loki hit um, is that what the, what the TVA was doing was take was they have like the, the sacred timeline um, and all these other multiverses, like they already exist. They're already there. But what the TVA is controlling is that they're going from multiverse to multiverse, jumping through all the different dimensions, making sure that everybody in each dimension follows the same path. So even though there's all these different kinds of Lokis, for instance, that Loki will always live the same life, more or less, as like our Loki did. Right. So that everybody makes the same choices, everybody's doing the same thing even if they're not physically the same person. And now that the TVA has changed and Kang, the Conqueror, we assume, is now running the show, and he doesn't care about that because he wants to conquer the universes. He doesn't care. Um, Everybody is basically going to be free to make the choices that they want, which will lead to the diverging um, choices and timelines and stuff within the other universes. Yeah, because I think that's what's what's what that really means yeah which they could stretch out to be you know a very like i don't expect any characters from other universes popping up all you know like Mm -hmm. as soon as that finale was over everybody's like oh my god i can't wait for spider-man they're gonna be all the spider-mans are gonna be in this movie (laughs) and i was like i just i still don't think that's happening like i just i just i don't so (laughs) Uh, that whole that whole movie just seems like smoke and mirrors and red herrings left and right. You know, at this point, I don't even yeah. think it's an actual film. So, right. So, <laughs> time to go on a media blackout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong, but they're definitely gonna uh, stretch this out. I mean, the Infinity Saga was ten years long, so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. I doubt seriously we're going to see a full-fledged like multiverse war in the next year. You know, this is going to be something. Oh my gosh! You know, they're going to they're going to play this up and stretch this out for a while. Well, I think mm-hmm. it'd be really cool to do what uh, what happened about eight seven years ago, something like that, where um, the multiverse was experiencing something called incursions, um, where the lines between the multiverses were collapsing. Um, and, and basically, like, Earths were, like, coming into each other and like, just killing everybody. Like, Earths were colliding. Um, oh, yeah, And yeah, yeah. they did this to... Um, the comics did this to make things a little more simple because they wanted to get rid mm-hmm. of the Ultimate Universe. Um, but there was this there was this, this big event called the Final, Final Days, I think, um, where the Ultimate Universe and the 616 Universe finally started... 
um, to come in contact with each other, which led to uh, secret wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once those two worlds uh, collided into each other, um, through a bunch of crazy stuff that happened in the last like three years before that, Doctor Doom uh, became a god. Basically, he became God God Doom, and used this new power to create a planet like an Earth. Um, to save as many people as he could from these like collapsing universes. Um, and on this planet had like different, different areas where like different versions of the comics existed. You had all sorts of like crazy stuff happening. Like they're like the Marvel zombies had a spot on the map. Yes, um, give me a Marvel <laughs> zombies film. please. There was, there was all of this stuff. And then at the end of that story, um, the earth was returned the earth was returned to its original state but ultimate universe characters were like waking up on earth thinking that they had always just been there like that's why miles for instance is in the same is like in the 616 universe now yeah he was just kind of written into this new reality that is and that that gave them the opportunity to change a whole lot of stuff so it'd be pretty bonkers to see in the films, like, 15 years from now. <laughs> I'm going to say, one thing that's going to be interesting to see how they handle this from just, like, a writing and just how they uh, kind of parse out all this information. Because anytime you start dealing with time and multiverses and more higher concepts, these are mm-hmm. still films that are aimed at a wide audience and not just, like, the fans of the comics. Right. So they're going to have to figure out a way to make this information more, like, palatable to everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's going right. to be, like, I hope that they don't do it in a way where they kind of, like, simplify it too much or, like, kind of, like, bastardize, like, some of the grander concepts of the multiverse, like what you just talked about with the comics, because I can see mm-hmm. that being a little bit too over the top for, like, a general audience to even grasp. Yeah. So I'm going to be curious to see how they handle this because it's going to be, it's very risky, you know? Oh, it is. It, it, it absolutely, this whole, the whole multiverse thing, like when it came up in home, home, not homecoming, far from home, far from home. Yeah. I, I had this little voice in the back of my head that immediately started to worry like, ah, oh, crap, they're opening a can of worms here. Yeah. Like this is a mess. Especially then, if that actually was how they introduced multiverse. It's just like some throwaway line. Oh like, oh yeah, I'm from Earth uh, 786. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's totally fine. That makes sense. Like that was the one thing that threw me off about that film is like Nick Fury and then we're like, yeah, t- whatever, sure, multiverse. Totally, whatever. for sure, absolutely. Makes, makes absolute sense. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to question this at all. Right. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? This... Now, I mean, to be fair, it was, it was a, they were scrolls. Yeah, I was say um, that. so they were there, and you can totally see Talos like being super cool about it, and like, yeah, Fury absolutely knows about this. This sounds real. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Could, I could definitely see that. See also, that <laughs> with the idea of all these multiverses, what is the likelihood that they introduce variants of characters that are dead in our timeline? Do you think we ever see Robert Downey Jr. as Stark again, or Chris Evans as Captain America in different as different versions, or uh, you know Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow as yeah. different like variants? You think that'll no? I don't. I don't think so. Like they showed in Loki that like just because you're a variant of a person 
does not mean you have to be physically the same person. Yeah. I mean, there was so, President Loki that looked exactly, but that was... You're talking about something. You're talking about something that's like infinite. So like, yeah. They can either do it or they don't, and it's already kind of a built-in uh, mm-hmm. plausibility. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I was just curious if they use this as like a way to be like, hey, we're gonna bring this character back for a throwaway cameo just for fun because we can now. Well, that they like a cameo. Like I'm not ex- sure. I'm not expecting them but, like, hey, we're gonna sign them on for seven more movies. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, to what bring I mean? them but, back in a capacity yeah. like that, no. But a cameo, like something fun. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm someday. We'll, I'm sure we'll get Chris Evans back in the suit for a hot second. I w- I can see him coming back more than I can see uh, Robert Downey mm-hmm. coming back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But man, I do kind of miss Tony Stark. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> Character I hated in the beginning, I loved by the end, and I was like, "Oh wow, this sucks." Mm-hmm. Well, that's the charm about Tony, though. You're not supposed to like him, You're and then you go, <laughs> <laughs> and then you go through all this development that he gets, um, yeah. and you sympathize a lot more with him. Yeah. Which they did. Yep. The, they did a great job at that part. So. Oh, hundred percent. A hundred percent. Uh, yeah. So yeah loki season finale pretty impressive i'm really glad they actually nailed the ending thank god also i I saw someone bring up that it was it was like loki and like you know he was the one that sort of uh kind of instigated thanos to uh come into the world because he failed at conquering earth so thanos was like all right i guess i'll just handle this shit myself because loki can't do it and then now he's you know killed he who remains and now he's going to start a whole nother chaotic war with another big bad it's like it's always low <laughs> screwing <laughs> these things up <laughs> i mean kind of that's that's pretty that's pretty on character so yeah <laughs> look forward to more shenanigans later yeah same all right uh any other final final takes from loki i mean i'm sure we could keep continue to speculate for hours but <laughs> that's what but we're yeah. here for right yeah <laughs> but yeah <laughs> well this week what are we here for this week we are here to talk about our personal favorite film trilogies that's going to be our party chat topic for this episode uh, this was uh your idea wade sure so was do you want to uh you know, you want to kick it off? Do you want to talk about why you wanted to discuss film trilogies? You know, balls in your court, pal. Sure. Well, um, I think, like, a lot of us grew up with film trilogies. Um, like, they were a thing before we were born, but, you know, us millennials and all. Uh, there's a lot of them that we've gotten to experience over the course of our lives. Um, ranging from kids' movies to teen movies, adult movies, everywhere in between. Um, and a lot of them, I think... They they have a they have a place in our hearts, um, even the forbidden third movie of some of these trilogies, <laughs> the rough rocky downhill slope. <laughs> but um, at least for me, I still I still keep them uh, keep them close to the chest. Um, for instance, one of one of my favorite film trilogies um, is the original Spider Man trilogy. Surprise surprise. Yeah, honestly, I. Uh... I thought about putting that in my uh, in my camp as well. Um, 
Is it because of the third movie? Is it's that because why you of did? the. It's because of the third movie. Yeah. It's because of the third movie. See, it's and, still it, an enjoyable trilogy, I think yes. overall, though. See, I oh, really yeah, like 100%. the third movie. Yeah. <laughs> Not perfect, but it's still pretty good. Oh, yeah. I'd say. Oh yeah. The first two movies elevate it for sure because the first mm-hmm. two films are fantastic. They got Gives great the... villains. They act, that that actually has that series has really good music. Oh yeah. Like the Spider-Man theme is really good. The Spider-Man music in those films is really good. Um for when that movie came out, that's like early 2000s, like it ages surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, I can maybe, watch those anytime still. Yeah, I mean, I recently watched that trilogy. I think, I think last year actually, I went back and watched all three of them. And Spider Man Three is still terrible, but God, those first two movies are so good. <laughs> Maybe there's, one day we'll get an acceptable Venom there's, movie. <laughs> there's parts of Spider Man Three I really like, but man, the studio got just they got too involved. You know, mm-hmm. like Sam Raimi's vision mm-hmm. would have been if they just let him do what he wanted to do. You could tell that there was like uh, there was roots in place to make a good film, and then they just started like just throwing stuff at the walls. Like, hey, we gotta just keep throwing nonsense in this film. Shove all the villains in there. Yeah, and I was like, this yes. is this is terrible. <laughs> isn't isn't Sam Raimi doing Doctor Strange too? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. uh, the original director Scott Derrickson, who did the first Doctor Strange, he left over creative differences because uh-huh. apparently. He wanted to make that film more scary than what Marvel wanted. Yeah, he wanted his... to make like a. I mean, he wanted I to make like a, a horror, horror film. film. Yeah, that's his background. Like that's what he's known for. Yeah, man, and I was even excited whenever they said that, and then he left, and I was like, "Oh, rats!" Yeah, I was excited to see a Marvel horror film, but, but apparently um, Sam, Sam Raimi's vision is still supposed to be having horror roots. Yeah, and he's kind of known for that as well, but his is more mm-hmm. campy horror. Yeah. Where Scott well, Derrickson okay. is like more actual like <laughs> nightmares, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm wondering since Sam Raimi is is doing this movie, I wonder if we're gonna see any like callbacks or winks to the original Spider-Man trilogy. I don't know. They'd have to, since that's still Sony owned. I don't know how close to the chest they want to play that. We can like, dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's I mean, the movie that all the other Spider-Men are supposed to be in. So, right. Isn't we'll that see. the isn't the uh, isn't there a rumor that like the Spider-Man universe and the Marvel universe are supposed to be like bridging at some point? Well, that's I keep like, seeing that, but I don't know if it's actually substantiated by actual sources or if it's if just you, been. If you listen to Sony, they are already in the same universe. Um, Marvel is, I think, has been very nice and just let them talk about it. But they haven't shown a ton of stuff that actually puts the two worlds together. Yeah, that's the, yet. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, like in the in the Morbius trailer, you see like posters of Spider-Man of the Tom Holland Spider-Man being wanted for murder. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and that's the only physical evidence I think that we have so far. And hasn't um, that movie been delayed like seven times now? Um. Well. Like, Not even like before COVID? Couple, yeah. <laughs> I well, before COVID, I don't know if it got delayed before COVID, but because of COVID, it got delayed a whole bunch. Yeah, because it's now it's not even coming out this year at all, right? Oh, Isn't really? Next year now? Yeah, I think it's next year now. Sure. And Venom I'm... is this year. I am which, looking right now. Which makes no really sense, because Venom now. filmed after Morbius. Like, yeah, like, it should after. be. <laughs> well, but maybe they did that. Maybe, maybe Venom 2 is going to, like start heading in that direction and they wanted to 
change a bunch know. of stuff in Morbius to kind of cement that fact. But God knows. I don't know. Also, not to get too off off on a tangent here, but it, is, has anyone seen that trailer for Venom Two and is actually excited for that film? Because um, I think I it haven't was awful. Yet. <laughs> I've like purposely the, stayed away. It. I've never even seen the first one, so I have nothing really to add on that. <laughs> the, the first one's a very generic film, but Tom Hardy makes it more enjoyable. Oh, thank God for Tom mm-hmm. Hardy. Yeah, because everything else around that movie is awful. I want to see Tom Hardy and Tom Holland in a movie together now. Yeah, same. Yeah, I just want to see Venom and Spider-Man and act like those two versions interacting. Right. Man, yeah, anyways, they could still like do a Spider-Man <laughs> Venom thing, but I, it, we should we should focus on the trilogies. Yeah. Focus on the trilogies. Anyway, yeah. okay, so Already Spider-Man trilogies. So. Love Spider-Man. I put Amazing Spider-Man on there, but it didn't get a trilogy. So because yeah, it was not good. <laughs> Poor guys, they tried. Honestly, the first one wasn't bad, but the second one was not good at all. I don't really remember the second one. I remember, like, big stuff that happened, but... I, I remember it opened with, like, that rhino fight, and it was so awful. <laughs> I was like, well, this is going to be a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. I just remember watching that meeting surprise. I'm like, oh, I thought they would have saved this for, like, a third movie. Apparently not. And then yeah, they no definitely third movie. Into, so. They definitely fell on that trap where it's like, well, Spider-Man has a really good rogues gallery. Let's throw half of them in this movie. It's just like, oh, okay. We'll <laughs> just we'll just skip over Norman Osborn as the Green Goblin for now, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> even tease. They even had the audacity to tease a Sinister Six. They're like, come on, guys. You guys, you're not getting oh, a yeah. Sinister well, at least they didn't put Mary Jane in it like they were going to. Oh, yeah. That'd been a oh, that'd yeah. been in bad taste. Like, oh, don't worry, your girlfriend died, but don't worry, your other girlfriend already been introduced. She's ready to go. It's fine. <laughs> oh gosh. And it was it was like Shailene Woodley, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That would have been me. terrible uh, casting too. Well, like the set pics of her like as MJ. Yeah. Um, I I'm don't sure think were very flattering. No, not at all. So I'm really glad. I'm just I'm kind of glad that that part didn't happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that whole yeah. Yep, <laughs> it's just not a. It's just not good. All right. Well, I feel like the only thing I remember about those movies real quickly was just like it was like one of the 3D movies that came out, the short-term 3D or the first one. Oh, I oh, like yeah, yeah, I yeah. like yeah. the 3D for those movies. They were actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I remember to the... see a lot of like Spider-Man antics and web-slinging through his eyes and stuff. Yeah. I remember the yeah. first movie they were going into that. They were trying to make it like really dark and brooding, which is kind of the opposite with, of why people like Spider Man. Garfield, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember the marketing campaign. They're like, "Oh, this is like a dark, serious Spider Man." I'm just like, "Okay, you guys clearly don't understand Spider Man." So <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll slip a little Coldplay in there. They won't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, I do think that's a good trilogy, but it's not one of I mean, I usually kind of stop before I watch Spider-Man 3. I'm just like, I'll watch these first two, and then I'll just not waste that's my time okay. with the third one. Well, I, I've got know, a couple more that I can't wait for you to hear oh um, and react okay. to. But for now, uh, Chelsea, um, what what's one of your favorite film trilogies? Well, I think the hard thing for me with film trilogies is that I like quite a few of them, mm-hmm. but... It's just more of like a casual, like, oh, they're enjoyable, but are they really good? Eh, Yeah, do they have some bad ones? Yeah, but I'd say one overall that is actually, like, really good is the Matrix trilogy. 
Yes. Oh my God. Thank you, <laughs> Chelsea. Yes. I knew we were good friends for a reason. Yes. There you go. I'm I, glad I said the right thing. <laughs> I freaking love the Matrix trilogy. Oh my it's, God, I love it. It's so damn good. It's been years it's since I've seen a Matrix movie. I think. Dude, I think that movie was way ahead of its time. Oh, for sure. Uh, one hundred percent in so many ways. Yeah, like I, 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 I was kind of talking about this on Twitter earlier in the week because I actually just recently rewatched the entire trilogy and uh that film is so incredibly diverse Mm -hmm. like all of them and it also make like has really like good female characters that aren't just like either damsels or throwaways like there's some serious like straight up badasses in that film that are like Uh, female characters are you talking about trinity is that her name trinity like trinity she's uh, amazing captain niobe which is oh niobe jada pekin smith and then uh the oracle is a fucking badass like i love the oracle in those movies jesus well now i gotta go watch them again (laughs) yeah i just recently watched them too it's so good it's so and they actually those films they came out roughly the same time as spider-man and they've aged pretty well like there's some digital effects i'm like oh jesus this kind of looks like a video game Mm -hmm. But since yeah. they utilize so many like like miniatures and practicals, like it still holds up for the most part. I think so. I think the cinematography is really good. The music, oh, yeah, there's some really cool acting. Shots. The fight scenes, everything about that movie, the story is great. It's just yeah, and it's a trilogy that like I think all the movies are really good, and it tells a complete story. Mm-hmm. And you don't really feel like, oh, I wish this one didn't exist because they all need to exist. Yeah, can we can we take it. a second and talk about the fight scenes? Because the choreography in that oh, movie, man. like the fact that, okay, if you watch a lot of American cinema when it comes to like anything with fighting or martial arts or any of that stuff, there's so many edits because it's so fake. So they have <laughs> to edit around all of it. Like there was like that that running joke for years about the first taken film where liam neeson is like chasing a guy and he jumps a fence and just that scene of him running and jumping a fence had like nine cuts like nine (sighs) different edits to show him jumping a fence (laughs) and there are literal scenes in the matrix where they don't cut at all they just are doing their fight and that's a very uh like japanese way of filming fight Mm -hmm. scenes and i mean and i guess and chinese too uh you know as well because Jackie Chan used to complain about this when he became an American film actor is that they would cut all the time during his stunts and he would yell at him be like, no, don't cut. Like I'm doing this whole thing, you know, through completion. I'm not, this isn't, this isn't staged. Like just let us fight. (laughs) And the matrix is the same way. Like those fights, they just let it happen. They let it play out. And, uh, the stunt coordinator, I think his name's Chad Stelsky or Stahelsky or something like that. He went on to direct all the John Wick films, and if oh. you've seen the and if you've seen the John Wick movies, they're the same way. They just let the action play out. They don't cut. They let it breathe, and it's it's so incredible. That's why that those movies are so like highly regarded. It's the same way. They just let the action happen. Man, you know I've I have not seen a John Wick movie yet. Dude, they're surprisingly good. They're surprisingly. I, I hear good. that. Like my kids tell me that, and they're I'm just so like. Good okay well uh, there's actually there's actually a deep amount of lore involved in that universe they created it's not just kind of like a Mm -hmm. you know it's not just some like 
just nonsense action film. Yeah. Like the the I guess the uh, the point A to point B plot is because like the first film is literally just John Wick coming out of retirement because someone like killed his dog. <laughs> like that's basically the whole that's basically the like the whole premise. But then when you get to like two and three, uh, there's like way more like the universe is like established more, and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. this is this is thought out pretty well. This is pretty cool. Like I want to see more of this. And I, and the fight scenes just elevate it to a whole other level because some of them are incredibly impressive, and the fact that Keanu tries to do a lot of his own stunts and actually mm-hmm. trains to do a lot of this stuff it makes it even more badass. Same with the Matrix, like he did a lot of the same stuff, like learning how to fight and. You know, I, I, God, I love the Matrix trilogy. I can wax poetically right. about it forever. It's so good. <laughs> and it always drives me crazy that people like people shit on it all the time because they're like, oh, it's too it's too overwrought. There's too much. There's too many ideas. And I'm just like, well, this is it's rooted in philosophy. Like it's kind of supposed to be like that. Like the entire first film is basically just uh, like a narrative version of like Plato's cave. And the idea of like a simulated reality, you know, mm-hmm. like that's a that's a thousand year old premise, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I I feel like a lot of people complain about the second third films because the writing is kind of uh, most of the characters that have dialogue that's kind of complex. Those characters are machines, so it makes sense that they kind of speak in a more convoluted. Uh, like vernacular or more kind of uh, mm-hmm. calculated like computational because mm-hmm. all the human characters have just like normal regular uh you know phraseology and dialects and stuff but then you start talking to these like programs and machines and it's very uh cold and calculated and kind of like not stale because that kind of makes it seem like it's bad but it makes sense that these characters yeah. speak that way you know because they're programs yeah. they're machines I think that's really awesome, though, that they like. There's that difference that you can tell, and that's yeah. really smart that they put that in the movie. So yeah, that's why good. I'm saying. I, that's why I'm saying. Like, I feel like this film was just it came out too early, maybe. And I also I'm curious. Like, even in Hollywood today, we still have a problem with like inclusion, and diversity on films, where like some studios will overcompensate and they'll just like cast like a whole film to be like one type of ethnicity. And if you watch The Matrix, like, there's literally representation from, like, everything. And they're not just, like, uh, like extras in the background. Like, they mm-hmm. all have, like, roles to play. Mm-hmm. It's, like, they're normal people. It's not like they're just a stereotype or they're there. They're a character that's, like, yeah. going to be the one that dies or something. It's just, yeah. like, normal <laughs> and cool. And a that. lot of them, like, a lot of them are actual, like, uh... Uh, I can't remember his the the uh, the commander of like the Zion army who's like walking mm-hmm. around in one of those like APU like mechs. He's like a he's like an Asian yeah. dude, and that dude's a badass. You know, like mm-hmm. oh my god, he's he's like one of my favorite characters in, in the third film. He's so cool. Yeah, yeah, I love the Matrix. It's it's incredible. I don't it's have an amazing any trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually and I'm super curious about the fourth one. That's coming out at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I was about to ask, when is that coming out? And there comes we go. De- comes out in December. Yep. And it has some of the returning cast. Like Keanu Reeves is coming back. Carrie Ann oh. Moss is coming back. Um, 
couple other like throwaway characters. Lawrence Fishburne's not coming back for Morpheus, and neither is mm-hmm. Hugo Weaving for Agent yeah. Smith. So no, but they're keeping they're keeping this film like tightly under wraps, which is kind of is surprising to me because usually stuff like this leaks, but this film <laughs> is like in like very like secret right now. Like hmm. no one really knows anything about it besides I think the name leaked. It's like Matrix Resurrections, I think is what it's called. But for the most part, like everything else is pretty tightly under wraps, which is surprising for Warner Brothers because they pretty much fuck everything up. So <laughs> now, like, is this supposed to? Is this just take kind of take place a long time after three? Or do we know if there's any like connecting material? It's supposed to take place after three, and that's but that's also rumored. I think Keanu Reeves came out and said that it's supposed to take place after three. Okay, like it's not a prequel or anything. They haven't done any like graphic novels or anything. Uh-uh. like that's another cool thing about the matrix is it's not an adaptation sweet you know like the matrix yeah. trilogy is an original oh concept, yeah the original, original trilogy yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like that's another thing i love about it is it's like that's their idea that's their story it's not like a book series or graphic novels or you know mm-hmm. honestly i was thinking I feel like this. that's what you oh go ahead oh i was gonna say and that's what i feel like you see with a lot of some of these other trilogies is that they're already like pre-established works yeah and so it's incredible to have like a solid trilogy yeah that's original that's very like complex and deep Mm -hmm. you know like they did an amazing job like i thoroughly enjoy the matrix to this day like i literally just finished watching uh revolutions like two nights ago and it still it just like blows me away how awesome those movies are I agree. Um, I guess it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mine's like the most basic of all answers. It's like regarded as like just like one of the best film series of all time, and that's Lord of the Rings. Fair. That's always going to mm-hmm. be my top trilogy. It's ne- it's probably never going to be dethroned. I've probably watched these films more than any other films combined. Like I love Lord of the Rings so 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 much i can't honestly think anything negative about them like if even if i was nitpicking i just can't i love it so much i listen i've been listening to i have like a spotify playlist of all the films of just like all their scores and i just like listen to it all the time like still (laughs) no it's (laughs) it's so amazing Um, did you know did you know that there was a symphony written for the lord of the rings before it was a movie I did not for like the uh, for the animated ones. The no, animated? no, no, not not for anything like because I even like like uh, <laughs> like a proper like classical symphony, um, uh-uh. you know, like a piece of a piece of work. I mean, it makes sense. Like the Lord of the Rings story is like, you know, was written uh, like around like early twentieth century. You know, like World mm-hmm. War One mm-hmm. era. So yeah, makes sense that some sort of uh, media would come out of it <laughs> you know right but yeah i i god i love lord of the rings so much i even like the hobbit trilogy but it's definitely not as good but i don't shit on it like a lot of people do like it's still yeah enjoyable. i feel the same like i still like it but it no it's especially after watching like uh like one of my favorite things about uh the lord of the rings and the hobbit trilogy is they do such a thorough job of capturing uh like a behind the scenes like kind of documentary for how they're all made Mm -hmm. like they always release like the appendixes and like 
for each like for each trilogy you probably got like 20 hours of like behind the scenes stuff to watch as well and i've watched that stuff over i've watched them several times just because i just love seeing how these films are made you know shot on the original lord of the rings is it was all shot at once all shot on location using miniatures using real like effects and costumes and makeup and props and it's part of the reason why the film still looks amazing to this day because it's all you know for the most part a lot of real stuff going on mm-hmm. yeah and god it's just so good <laughs> like even like the ride of the rohirrim and return of the king like they were just like driving around new zealand like asking anybody that had a horse to like come get costume and just like ride down this hill they had like 500 like actual like horsemen you know and then the rest That's was incredible. all like computerized but they just like did this little charge of like just like natives you know native new zealanders just ride their horses you know like that stuff's awesome to me but i think the reason why getting back to the hobbit is why i don't i almost kind of pity it because peter jackson had to kind of come in and save it and then he also was rushed to finish it he had like half as much time to work on it as he did the original trilogy because he originally wasn't even supposed to do the hobbit it was supposed to be guillermo del toro who then backed out i did not know that yeah del toro mm-hmm. wrote a lot of the original like the first hobbit film the first part mm-hmm. and did a lot of the like design work and this that and the other a lot of the pre-production was del toro and then he backed out for some reason i don't know i can't think it's like scheduling or something it was like taking too long yeah. so peter jackson had to come in and just kind of pick up the reins and start filming and then peter jackson had like heart or like a like he was hospitalized for a while and then they were like oh wow are we gonna have to get someone else to finish this and then he came back and continued to film all three of them and then warner brothers is like hey uh yeah you need to get this done in like six months instead of two years or whatever and he's like are you oh fucking God. kidding me like <laughs> so so much of that the how impressive that trilogy is knowing that how like how it was made is why i kind of elevate it a little bit more just kind of knowing like all the struggles that they were having to go through oh, like for sure. when, when they were filming that third part they didn't even have like pre-production notes or storyboards or even like like a lot of conceptual ideas like peter jackson was kind of just pulling shit out of his head to film to try and like fill in parts I'm just like, dude, this is a mess. Like, <laughs> like I could not imagine, like, anyone handling this and making it even somewhat cohesive, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, another Warner Brothers fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but not the Lord of the Rings, though. But, but not the Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God, dude, Lord of the Rings. Never the Lord of the Rings. It's just so good. Well, are it's you like excited few... for the new one? The new the... show? No. You're not, not, at not at all? Oh, it's too bad. If it was HBO doing it, I would. Mm-hmm. But I have zero trust in Amazon to produce anything of quality. It's fair. Because I haven't seen a single thing that they've made that's been worthy of my time. I don't think they've even shown anything from this yet, have they? No. We don't know castings. We don't know... Well, we know casting. They've... Oh, do we? Oh. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, it's a bunch of nobodies. Oh, <laughs> They announced it like a year ago, and it was like twenty people. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck any of you are. So, which you know, that's not the worst thing. It's it's whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people in the Lord of the Rings were nobodies when they were cast, and right. it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, I don't care about that. But 
it's supposed to take place during the Second Age. Uh, a lot of it's kept under wraps. It's supposed to be incredibly expensive. Like, they're, they're spending more on the first season than the entire budget for the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. So. Wow. Well, Mr. Bezos, I'm sure he can cop yeah. it, so... To be fair, there's also, like... That's not taken in consideration, like, inflation mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. but still, like... They definitely feel pretty, uh... Pretty uh, proud about it, but I am z- I have zero excitement because I just think they're just gonna fucking ruin it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like they also don't have they're not really pulling from any sort of like source material besides just like uh kind of like stories from like the Unfinished Tales and the Silmarillion and kind of just taking like because there's not really like a narrative like there was for lord of the rings or the hobbit Mm -hmm. or anything like that they're Mm kind of just making up shit as they go i mean uh, a bunch of the hobbit did that too well Um, borrowed from the samarillion mostly yeah the hobbit was because if you read the hobbit book it's very much bilbo's story like that yeah but if you read uh the unfinished tales uh it fills in all the gaps for what Gandalf was doing every time he disappeared, which was pretty often. For real. <laughs> so Peter Jackson kind of took that and put it into the movie. Otherwise, could you imagine watching the Hobbit movie and like a your main a main character is just like, "All right, see ya," and then you never have any idea what he's doing, and it just pops up later. You're just like, "Okay, cool. Where, where the fuck have you been?" Like, <laughs> it makes it would make zero sense. People would be like, "What? What is happening?" <laughs> you know. So I'm glad that he actually filled in the gaps with actual like story you know because none of that shit was made up it's just pulled from multiple different books yeah it wasn't just strictly a hobbit adaptation yeah a lot of the a lot of the hobbit because the, the hobbit is like a children's book it is it is a lot of the mm-hmm. hobbit is just here's this nice story it's got your dark yeah. moments it's got your adventure and yeah. it's got your your big bang ending but um which the know, big bang ending <laughs> bilbo like was like asleep for it like, he, like, got knocked out or whatever, so he didn't even see it. Because in the book, it's, like, it, it was happening, and then he, like, got knocked out or tripped and got knocked out, and then he woke up and it was all over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's not even, it's not even, like, detailed how the battle actually plays out. <laughs> <laughs> so that would have been, like, <laughs> that would have been the most uh, pull the rug out from the audience ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if there's, like, this build up <laughs> to this big finale, and then it's just, like, a black screen, and comes back up, and it's just, like, smoke. <laughs> like, yeah, battle's over. Like we couldn't pay for this, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's where like turning books into films. That's where you have to take some creative differences because it's doing direct adaptations doesn't always. It's not always conducive for a mm-hmm. visual. Well, yeah. I, this is this is not a comparison, but that but what you just said reminds me of like how they did the very end of the uh, the Twilight movie series. Yeah, um, they changed all like, that as well. Like you actually <laughs> you see this huge battle take place, um, and when I watched the movie, I was like, "Whoa, oh my god, what are they doing? This didn't happen." And I was freaking out because I was so happy <laughs> that this was happening because it didn't happen in the book. But yeah. the ending of the Twilight series pisses me off anyway because it's so unrealistic. We bring we bring a whole army. What just... vampires are realistic? Shut up. <laughs> we bring a whole army to annihilate like ten people, 
but we'll just talk about our feelings and everybody will go home happy. And then you can, and Bella, you can have everything that you have ever wanted for the rest of time without trying, without conflict, without sacrifice. Goodbye. <laughs> so the, the yeah, fact we... that I got to see this battle where everybody was getting ripped apart, I was like, oh, I needed this. <laughs> <laughs> i was like shouting in that theater i was like they did it they did it and then it's like well this is what could happen and i was like you cowards <laughs> but i still got to see it so it was fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have never seen that film i've, I've never actually two, but... i've i've seen bits and pieces of the first one I remember building those movies as a projectionist. Oh my god! <laughs> and I remember tearing them down. <laughs> Even more so, without remorse, and throwing them down the stairs, <laughs> dropping yeah. them, accidentally Throw, dropping throwing, them. We don't know who's throwing. listening. Throwing. <laughs> don't worry, Summit Entertainment. I, I, I took saw, very I good care the, of your. I saw the friends. holes in the wall. He threw them. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh. not a Wait. true story, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> to anybody who's listening <laughs> yeah i never read those books and never watched those films i just i'm glad i did not jump onto that uh bandwagon i read the f- half of the first book and literally threw it across the room so that's okay that's fine i got to the baseball game that's the part if you know got to that threw it across the room so yeah i've seen the baseball scene in the film and i, I saw like how that was actually like I remember Catherine Hardick had, like, some behind-the-scenes stuff, how they filmed, how the vampires moved, and they literally just had, like, rugs that they would, like, pull them at different frame rates to make them look like they are moving faster. <laughs> I was like, what, you, what is your budget for this film? Like, $500? Like, Jesus Christ. It looks terrible. Probably. I, I hate the way that they did, like, the vampire running stuff. Yeah, it looks so bad. In the movies. It's like... I felt like I was watching, yeah. like, a college film. Kind of. Like, that mm-hmm. whole first movie, it was like, wow, this is horrendous. And then they got a new director and actually put a budget behind it, so... Well, they did that. <laughs> yeah, they got that for the second movie, which didn't yeah. need a budget because nothing, nothing happens. happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bella being depressed for 300 pages, and then there's a whole bunch of plot in the last 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the third book happens, and the third book is way better, but, you know, hey, here we are. Yeah. All right, well, let's get back to good stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Wade, Wade what's your next? Is it my so turn? Yes, Wade. Okay, yeah. I'm going to give yes. you a ridiculous one, and you okay. can judge as long as you laugh and have a good time about it. But it is one of my favorite trilogies, and I will not... I will fight anybody. <laughs> okay. <You> ready? Okay. <laughs> Austin Powers. <laughs> if that doesn't say something about me, then I don't know what you're here for. I think that says everything that we ever needed to know. Um, mm-hmm. These were like the movies of my formative years. <laughs> <laughs> these movies are the reason I am what I am today. <laughs> yeah, so we have those to thank. Yes, absolutely. You're welcome, <laughs> world. Honestly, I have never seen those films since they have like been released. But I do remember being excited when they were coming out and like going to watch them in a the theater with friends and laughing at the, like how stupid they were. Because <laughs> it is essentially just like parody of James Bond. Oh, yeah. absolutely. There's nothing serious about that movie. It's yeah. about any of them. It's just all stupid. Yeah. But it's stupid. Yeah. But it was funny. Like I don't know how well it ages now. If it's still funny, but 
I do remember enjoying those films when they came out, but they are very dumb. <laughs> there's nothing. That's why I n- I've never seen them at all. No. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing artistic. That's what I'll say to that. There's nothing artistic about it or elevates it on a cinematic level or anything like that. It's just they're just dumb fun nonsense. <laughs> And sometimes you need that, you know. Sometimes you need some dumb fun nonsense. <laughs> you you go watch number three. You go watch Gold Goldfinger and Gold tell member. me that you don't last. Oh, that's the other one. Sorry, that's the real one. Goldfinger's um, the real Bond yeah, movie. Yeah, that's the real one. <laughs> you go watch Goldfinger and tell me it's not supposed to be Okay. At all. Yeah. <laughs> you might laugh at Goldfinger too. Those films don't age well. <laughs> A lot of those. I'll pass, but I will. I will. You know. What's that's your opinion, and I'm okay with that. You are. You're missing out. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, Chelsea, you have another one? Uh, I mean, I have another one that I enjoy. I wouldn't say it's the best ever, but I do like the Oceans movies. And as in, like, the, like, 11, like 11 12, and 13. 13. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Oceans 8 doesn't count, because yeah. that's, like... They yeah. just it's a different name. group, kind of. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, I, I enjoy that movie, but <laughs> I felt that hate. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to exist, nor should it ever be watched by anyone ever. <laughs> but the uh, the I do like Oceans. I for sure I love Oceans Eleven. That movie's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, They're fun. Yeah. I don't really remember Oceans Twelve too much. Or really, I guess, Ocean's 13. I just remember watching Ocean's 11 a lot more. And mm-hmm. then I've seen 12 and 13, but I've never, I don't think I've seen them more than once. Like that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, those are, it's mostly just because Brad Pitt and George Clooney are like the definition of like charisma, you know? So it just kind of, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if the whole movie's terrible, they'll pull you through it. Right. So. <laughs> But yeah. Man, yeah, neither of them enjoyable. are really doing much anymore, are they? I mean, do they really have to? I mean, they're they're probably set for life. But I mean, like, when what was the last Brad Pitt movie? He did that Tarantino one, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Didn't he win the Oscar yeah. for it? I, you know, I don't know. I didn't watch. I think didn't watch Chelsea, so. you watch the Oscars every year. I know. doesn't mean I remember him. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure he won I, Best Supporting. I think actor he did for huh. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Which that's He's a definitely nominated that's too. a fantastic film, but I can't think of the last thing that's George good. Clooney did. He usually would do a lot of Wes Anderson stuff, but or like the Coen Brothers, but he hasn't really. I don't. I can't think of the last thing George Clooney did. He got married and kind of just stopped doing stuff. Oh, did he? Did he finally get married? <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. five years ago, right? Wow, four or five years. Wow, look at him go. Yeah, to somebody really young, I thought. <laughs> it was some like Italian woman, I think. That doesn't shock me. <laughs> but yeah, I can't think of the last thing George Clooney did. The, his last movie he did was The Midnight Sky, which I think was... Oh, on... that was a Netflix film. Yes, a Netflix movie. Yeah. That uh, was also like nominated for something. Probably because he was in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was nominated for visual effects. There was a very there were very few movies that came out last year <laughs> that were able to be nominated for that category. Like, all right, we got to find something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> interesting interesting all right um well ethan back to you i guess um well lord uh, lord of the rings was my big one Mm -hmm. matrix was one of mine as well Mm -hmm. and then my other one that's one of my top trilogies is the dark knight trilogy dark knight 
Always. I love the Dark Knight trilogy. I love Christopher Nolan as a director. Um, the only thing that holds that trilogy back for me is the first one with Katie Holmes. I think Katie Holmes is awful. Uh, she's annoying to look at and to listen to. <laughs> I've never heard annoying to look at. <laughs> you visually annoy me. Please remove I mean, yourself watch... from the scene. Go watch that movie, and I swear to God, her eyes are looking in two different directions the whole time. And it drives me crazy. <laughs> Nothing, I mean, I'm sure she's a nice lady, but goddamn, she... I mean, that's... She, she put up with Tom Cruise for so long. Right? <laughs> right. But she just brings that film down so much, because every scene she's in, I'm just like, ugh, it's like cringe. It's, it's so bad. But Dark Knight... Is like one is like a masterpiece film. Like that film is like taught in like film school now. And I actually really like Dark Knight Rises. I know a lot of people didn't, but I absolutely love Dark Knight Rises. I loved it too. Yeah, I didn't really get the whole business behind that when it was a thing. Yeah, um, I, I think they were I just comparing it too much to the Dark Knight, and that's just silly. So yeah, but yeah, I love. I think that truly is great. Um, I love all the casting from it, besides Katie Holmes. I love the music. The music is absolutely fantastic. Um, like I said, Christopher Nolan is a director doing a lot of almost everything he does is like practical effects, which is impressive. Um, yeah, I just love the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, plus, I'm a huge Batman fan, so of course, I need to go back watch Rises again. I'm already kind of I'm already like predis you know have predisposition to to love it because Batman's in it. So <laughs> <laughs> I I was thinking about another trilogy but i don't i don't really consider it a trilogy even though it's probably not gonna continue on past three but i really like the Zack snyder dc trilogy with man of steel batman vs superman and justice league but even though like the story doesn't technically wrap up <laughs> i mean in be, a way it does in a way but there's definitely more like there's supposed to be more well, yeah, I mean, you, you could definitely continue the story from that point on, but yeah. it ends a lot of the story that came before it. Right, but, like, I don't really, I guess I can't really consider it a trilogy, even though I doubt there's ever more to come from it, even though I keep hoping. But, yeah, I really yeah. love those films. Um, I'm also a huge Zack Snyder fan, so, internet, you know, whatever, come at me. I know everyone <laughs> likes to shit on Zack Snyder, but... Yeah. It, be, before the Zack Snyder cut came out, I think that would be a fair thing to say. But like he got to release that, and I don't, I haven't really like heard much of the Zack Snyder blah blah blah. Since, oh yeah, like because now the everyone's like, out. oh please, yeah, because now it's restore the Snyderverse. We love Zack Snyder. Please mm -hmm. give us yeah. more Zack Snyder. Yeah. But I'm even talking about like before, like he even started doing DC movies. People are like, Zack Snyder's a fucking hack. And I'm like, uh, no, he's. He's got, I love directors that I can watch something and know that it's their film. Mm -hmm. Like, I mm -hmm. consider that being an auteur, you know, because he has a vision and a style that's uniquely his. And I appreciate that as someone who studies film and is like, a, that loves like the creation of it and the artistic nature of it. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can pick any studio director off the street that just does whatever the studio wants and it may be a great film, but they don't have like an imprint on it as much as like a Snyder or a Christopher Nolan or a Tarantino who I consider auteurs because you can definitely tell one of their films apart from other people, you know, mm -hmm. 
that's part of the reason why I've always adored Zack Snyder because I just love his style. It's incredibly just, I don't know. The, <laughs> the visuals that he can, the visuals that he pulls off are impressive to me. Do you think, you know? do you think a lot of that Zack Snyder hate started just basically like with the Watchmen stuff? Because he changed like the ending and stuff, people were like, "Ah, oh, I can't believe you did that." Zack Snyder sucks. Blah 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 blah. I don't know. I think a lot of it came from just like contrarian notions. Because when he did Three Hundred, it was such a big film. Mm-hmm. I always forget like, that he did that. Oh my gosh! And people were like, "Oh, it's not that good." So everyone was trying to think of a way to shit on it and the shit on him because it was hyper stylized. Mm-hmm. But it's like, mm-hmm. hey, it's based on a graphic novel. You fuck faces. Like it's supposed right? to be hyper stylized. Just like Watchmen's <laughs> supposed to be hyper stylized because that mm-hmm. graphic novel is extremely, like he basically just besides the ending, he almost just used the graphic novel as like his storyboards. Yeah, well, I think that's why people didn't. Yeah. I think it was just the ending of Watchmen that it, everything was great until yeah. the ending, and just that people were like blah blah blah. But like us, when we're too young to like freaking care well, when that movie came out, like I, I hadn't read Watchmen yet. Well, um, hot take, I read Watchmen before I watched the film, and I actually think Zack Snyder's ending was better you think than, so? the, than the graphic novel. Because well, I like the idea that Dr. Manhattan was the reason for all the cities being destroyed instead of just alien squids falling from the sky. Oh, for sure, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Because it made more sense for why Dr. Manhattan had to go into exile. Mm-hmm. Well, don't they stop Osmandius yeah. too in the movie? Yeah, well, I mean, kind so. of. And then, but in the in the in the graphic novel, they don't like he does. Well, win. they don't. They don't. He. I mean, he still destroys all the cities and Watchmen the movie. Mm-hmm. They don't actually stop him. They try to, but he still yeah. succeeds. And then, uh, it's still the same way, like how the graphic novel ends, where Rorschach's diary gets dropped off at like that news, uh, mm-hmm. like that tabloid place or whatever, which has like the truth in it to kind of defeat Ozymandias's utopia because the whole idea fringes on like the lie they have to tell themselves basically right like Zack Snyder's ending made more sense to me than the actual just random graphic novel because it's like hey I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna use teleportation to spawn in these squids and it's gonna frighten the world to think that aliens are real so we have to band together but other Zach than Snyder's tricks the literal Snyder's, god into you know yeah Zack Snyder's <laughs> version it makes the world afraid of dr manhattan and they all have to band together to fight mm-hmm. this like deity basically right no i like it i love watching I the like Watchmen it. just because it just it just looks so good it does and it's, i like that movie too that's a damn good movie or, yeah i even like dawn of the dead like his first film like dawn of the dead i'm not really a big zombie person but i do like dawn of the dead oh and i still need a trilogy a... well i mean you're thinking of george romero's dawn of mm-hmm. the dead and land of the dead and island of the dead oh okay the gotcha gotcha like there are a lot of those types mm-hmm. of films but um i still need to see army of the dead which is snyder's newest film that he yeah. did which i read like uh like one of like an excerpt from like an interview he did about it where he kind of just like treated the making of that film as like therapy for the loss of his daughter and all, and all the bullshit mm-hmm. he had to go through with warner brothers mm-hmm where he's like, I'm just going to just go nuts. Netflix has given me just like a blank check to do whatever I want without any like interference. And he was talking mm-hmm. about how like it was like one of the like best films he's ever like got to shoot. Like not like quality, but just like having fun doing it. Right. So I'm just like, man, that, that dude's been through some shit. 
You know? He really has. Like, guy. if you listen to him, like, talk yeah. about what it was like working with Warner Brothers, it was like, God, it's it's awful. Like, it sounds awful. <laughs> like, I'm surprised that dude hasn't killed himself. Like, all the nonsense he had to deal with with Warner Brothers. And it drives me crazy that he can't continue on with his, like, DC vision. Because, like, if you've watched those films, you can tell that this dude loves DC. You know, that he actually loves these characters. Like, he puts, like, actual, mm-hmm. like, his, like, passion and heart and soul into trying to create this, like, mythology with these characters. So. Maybe someday. Please, please restore the Snyderverse, is what I'm saying. Because I need more of it. Because it's fucking amazing. <laughs> I don't really give a shit about all these upcoming DC films where they're trying to just emulate Marvel. Like, I don't want that. Like, I like that the Snyderverse was completely different and its own thing, you know? Like, when he was making uh, Batman vs. Superman, he was talking about, like, how he wanted to do a, something different because Marvel was already successful at the, like, action comedy aspect of these movies mm-hmm. so why try and compete with it like let's right. kind of like pave our own lane and warner brothers was like totally against it yep it's also bullshit to me that i don't want to go too much into this because i can spend hours <laughs> <laughs> but <Sure> can. <laughs> i remember i remember when uh batman vs superman they did the uh, internal screening for all the warner brothers executives and when that film ended they all gave him like a standing ovation. They said it was like the best thing they've ever seen. You know, da 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 da. Well, then the film came out, and it started getting bad reviews. And then all the executives are like, "Yeah, it's, it wasn't what we expected. It was, you know, this like they completely like, uh, like just like turned tail on him. Like they didn't defend him mm-hmm. at all. I was like, you guys are fucking cowards. So yeah, fuck Warner Brothers. <laughs> they, they need to clean up. Hashtag. They need a clean house over there because that that studio is a, a shit show right now. Mm-hmm, it's true. So, it's true. Um, does anybody have any like underrated trilogies? I guess Austin Powers is kind of one of those. <laughs> Don't you dare. Um, <clears throat> oh, let's see. Or anything um, that's like it's not quite at that level of greatness, but it's so close. <laughs> um, so something I really liked, um, the Paranormal Activity trilogy. Yeah, but isn't there like nine of those films now? Well, yeah, I was like, aren't there more than three? <laughs> there's one, two, three, and they tell a cohesive like storyline. Yeah. But then, and then it spawned all the mutant offspring. That that's when it got less scary because yeah. they started basing it off myths and like they went like the typical horror route. But one, two, and three were very much their own thing that had an actual story. Yeah, um, I do remember that. And those those were, are like, the only I've only seen one, two, and three. That's all you need to see. Where it was literally just like about like the sisters or whatever. For sure. Um, yeah. But that was, those are like the only, the only scary movies that I've seen like since like childhood age um, that actually <laughs> scared me. But I really like, I also really enjoyed them at the same time. Yeah, dude. I remember watching, so we, Wade and I worked at the theater and I got a private screening for the first Paranormal Activity. And that film scared the shit out of me watching it in theaters by myself mm-hmm. <laughs> it was horrifying i couldn't imagine I, I i actually i went to the theater in cape to watch that one yeah but that was before that was before i worked there um oh but i did God. go there to watch it and i just like could not get up out of my seat afterwards i was like nope just leave yeah. me 
<laughs> I watched the second one first, actually. So I was in college when that, and my roommate was like, hey, you want to go see the midnight premiere of this movie or whatever? And I was like, sure, whatever. <laughs> Speaking of another horror uh, series that kind of killed itself by kind of continuing on too much the original three saw movies i actually really like i know i guarantee none of you guys have seen saw no i i have but those i i was never like scared or on edge or even tense at those movies um when it comes to just like the goriness you know um, I just like, like look at these people that have to hurt themselves. You know, I I'm just like, but they're all kind of dumb bitches at the end of the day. So like, like my thing that I know, liked I about know. my thing I liked about the Saw movies was the last ten minutes of all of them, or the first three, because it was literally just like, here's all the twists and turns and everything you thought was happening, but it's actually this mm-hmm. and this. Like I thought it was like really well, like a really well weaved. Uh, like twisty turny film like all the like torture gore nonsense was just like window dressing but like the actual like underlying narrative and like the villain of the film like i actually really liked all of his yeah uh cons i guess like yeah i, I, really, I like that like, the, the like, conception of it was like i was like holy shit like, like show me first, the beginning I, show me the end and i'm fine yeah when i watched that first saw and that movie ended with like what you thought was just a dead body in the bathroom and he like stands up and it's like the main dude the whole time and he just like traps him in that bathroom like i remember watching that and i was like what the fuck <laughs> like, I, was like, I was like blown away by that moment it was amazing but then yeah they made like nine of those films and they're just <laughs> awful <laughs> like i don't understand i think it's because horror films are so cheap to make that these studios mm-hmm. are just like hey let's make 15 of these you know they make a lot of money and they cost nothing to make. So let's just, you know, they just completely ruin Man. these franchises by having like, like I can't even think of like a horror franchise that has less than five movies in it. <laughs> you know? Right? Yeah. Man, working at the theater during like horror movie premieres was like the worst, best time. <laughs> like me and the other ticket sellers, we would like, like the opening weekend of these movies, we would make bets and deals and stuff to see who, how many people, how many kids can we catch like mm-hmm. going into these movies um, or trying to scam us into thinking they're going and they're buying a ticket for this movie. Yeah. Like, Oh, we're here to see uh, happy feet. I'm like, yeah, liars. <laughs> no, you're not. liars. <laughs> it's like, Oh, well uh, the boyfriend's 18 or 17 or whatever. And their girlfriend's 16 or 15. It's like, well, he's going to buy a ticket for the horror movie, but I'm going to buy a ticket for the SpongeBob movie. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. <exactly. laughs> Let me just pick up this radio. No, no, no. I'm not telling them to watch you once you get into the. Dude, we could do like a horror. whole episode just on like working at the movie theater. God, we, maybe we should. <laughs> yes, please. Maybe get some wine, everybody. Just have a nice drink and let's just. Let's just get bitchy. Let's just do there's it. Some, there's some stuff I I'll may lead not... the QA on that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Yes, say, I feel it. like there's there I feel like there's some stuff that I probably <laughs> won't talk about. Probably should we're legally obligated to, to not. Yeah, exactly. There's probably some happened. stuff I shouldn't divulge for my best interest. <laughs> <laughs> but man, working at the theater, those are good good times. Good times. Uh. <laughs> well, another trilogy that I'll just mention. I mean, 
Jurassic Park, I mean, I think the first one is really great, so I like that one a lot, but I yeah. will say the Jurassic World movies, I don't count as being part of that trilogy. They're a they're whole separate thing that yeah, we don't they're their talk own about. Yeah, separate trilogy going on, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I will I will say, I will say, in terms of Jurassic World, I am very much an outlier on this, but I very much liked uh, the second one. Was it Forbidden Kingdom? Is that what it's called? Or is yeah. that something? No, that's, I, I think that's it. I don't really remember it. I remember, like, some scenes, but I couldn't tell I remember you the, the ending of that movie. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the ending, which I'm like, how are you going to make this make any sense later? Like, what are you doing? The only thing I really liked about that movie that I thought was at least different for that series is they made it into, like, it was almost like a horror film. Like, the way it was shot... The last, like the last half of that film was almost like a gothic mm-hmm. horror film. They're all stuck in a mansion. There's like a killer dinosaur on the loose. Some of the <laughs> it's filming like Clue, techniques but with a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, some of the filming techniques and some of the lighting and some of the like the tension ramp ups were mm-hmm. actually handled really well uh, from that director. The story is incomprehensible and it's complete total nonsense. But it's a fucking movie about dinosaurs, so. <laughs> Like, I don't, you're, you're I'm not five ta- just watch the movie <laughs> yeah i'm not ta- i'm not taking away too many points for that but i just like that they finally because jurassic world is essentially just jurassic park done again it's not mm-hmm. bold it's not inventive or, or daring at all mm-hmm. so that when, the, when they did that second one and they went into like this completely different direction on how it's filmed and how to just like present this uh story like i thought that was really cool i at least give it brownie points for being different you know I was like, I'm not giving that story any credit at all, but... No, the story... Well, yeah. I mean, the story's... The story's nonsense. Yeah, fun, fun movies to watch, though. Lots of lots of cool stuff happening. Yeah, yeah that's what I liked about it, because it was, it was fun, because it was, like... I... I, I didn't have all these... Uh, expect, like, when I was watching Jurassic World, I was literally just watching, like, a... a it was like watching a fan film of Jurassic Park, you know? Like, it, it kind of it just had fun. the same, yeah. like the same story beats i'm just mm-hmm. like oh my god this is literally the same fucking movie and it's just worse star wars episode seven anybody yeah exactly exactly that's <laughs> the same reason why i don't like that film because it's just not it's it's too safe it's too yeah it plays it safe it's just pandering to fans basically mm-hmm. and i don't like that i want I like something bold one, and so inventive come and at me <laughs> it's just it's, it's very chill again it's just it's just a fun movie to watch like it's fine no. We could we can have a whole thing about Star Wars later. <laughs> oh. No. Oh, I was still talking about the first Jurassic World movie, but they're it's both terrible. But I think yeah. <laughs> But Jurassic Park, the first one yes. is incredible. Now oh, we could yeah. say, you know, yeah, the second 100%. and third ones are kind of eh, but I don't know. I just think that. I don't mind Lost World. Yeah. I think Lost World's fine. I think mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum just kind of helps elevate that film just cuz he's just a weird character. Yes. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um, but i mean jurassic park that is literally just like a film classic like it holds up still today a, a lot of animatronics and practicals and stuff help mm-hmm. help it age well but yeah i mean that film is literally a classic so yeah i absolutely love it i i think i've only seen jurassic park three once and that was enough so <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the guy that directed that did the first captain america Captain America: The First Avenger. Really, same, di- same director. Oh, that's Joe, cool. Joe Johnson. Yeah, Joe Johnson is literally a discount Steven Spielberg. 
He tries so hard to be Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. All right, Mr. Ethan, how about you? You got one more? Uh, not necessarily a favorite film trilogy. Like I had, I was, I was thinking about this, and kind of on the same, the same course of like a really good trilogy, and then it was ruined by keep making more sequels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Was uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh, I was on my list. Mm-hmm. That was what I was going to talk about like, next. I Sky. really, nice. I, I really like the first three Pirates of the Caribbean films. They're not perfect. And the story gets kind of uh, nonsensical towards the mm-hmm. end. For sure. But they're just like, they're super fun movies. The, the score is impressive. The char- I really like pretty much all the characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and then they just kept making more. <laughs> yeah, I see, I, see the, I, I see like four and on. I kind of see them as their own separate, like not like a separate trilogy. Just like each like movie spin-offs. after that is just its own movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. But like I don't think first... I've seen five yet. I don't think I've even watched. Five. Oh my god, it's so good. I haven't either. <laughs> I've seen awful. four, but I don't really it's... remember five, so I guess I haven't seen it. Five is so bad. You could tell Johnny Depp stopped caring. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I think he's actually drunk in this film. <laughs> nice. Like, good for him. Like it's just it's not a good movie. It's not. It's so damn. It's just bad. It's just a bad movie. But yeah, I really love the the first three. Like I remember, like I actually think Dead Man's Chest is the best out of the three. A lot of people like the first one best, but mm-hmm. I love Davy Jones so much. No, dude, adding him such... into that like was oh my dude, it, it made it, such a difference. Yeah, it yeah. gave the movies like a sense of like purpose and direction. Um, while the first one was just a nice complete film, yeah. Um, adding Davy Jones into the second one really gave it that big push. Where you just knew others oh, going to be more after this. Well, it like it it raised the stakes. It expanded the lore and expanded like the world. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of like it created a more. It created a bigger foil for like everyone, and not just a a personal thing for Johnny Depp, you know, like, right. or Captain Jack or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, and just like the 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 effects for Davy Jones. Oh my god! Like they still look amazing. Like that character looks impressive. And, and listening to Bill Nye play, oh uh, yeah, dude, it's Perfect just like casting. You just know, you just know. Yeah, all that cat, all the casting <clears throat> in that series is pretty well on point. Like right? they pretty much, they pretty much nailed it. Mm-hmm. Like I love it. They did such a good job. And the music is impressive. That's another like series where I have like those soundtracks on a mm-hmm. playlist, and I'll listen to them. Um, yeah, I really love, really love that trilogy. It just sucks that they kept making them gotta milk it you know yeah got you got rides to get people on (laughs) (laughs) jungle cruise oh dude that movie looks awful i I finally saw it looks fun it looks like like a less funny jumanji kind of like less cast you know so less chances to be funny i think it's funny it's like emily blunt came out she's like i don't want to do a marvel film because they're not inventive or whatever and you're in fucking jungle cruise like get over yourself she somebody needs to go and like get her because she's supposed to be susan storm we can't yeah, exactly <laughs> we exactly. can't she's gonna have mm-hmm. to like get over that because that's who like, she's I, gonna have to be 
it was like some interview for like a quiet place two or whatever and like the interviewer asked they're like hey what do you think about all this casting rumors that you're in fantastic four and she's like i wish people would stop talking about it because i don't want to do a superhero movie because they're boring to me and then you know skip forward three months and you're in fucking jungle cruise wasn't uh wasn't emily blunt supposed to be scarlet witch (laughs) scarlet witch oh my god emily blunt was supposed to be uh black widow wasn't she at first yeah, I think she auditioned for it. It's, yeah, that sounds It's just funny. like how Tom Cruise was supposed to be Tony Stark or whatever. <laughs> and the world is thankful that that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. 23 movies and counting that we would not have. So, <laughs> praise be. <laughs> yeah, I think someone actually made like a an Avengers film poster <clears throat> with all the should-have-been actors and actresses for all the different roles. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But yeah, I can't think of any other like just straight up trilogies. Like honestly, I don't like Back to the Future at all. I don't like any of those movies. Um I think they're I highly overrated. Like <laughs> <clears throat> they're just there for me. Like oh, they're movies. Yeah, like they exist and they're they're fine they're just like can't be fun or whatever but god everyone like puts that those movies on a pedestal same as like ghostbusters and i find both those film series to be awful so back to the future holds a little bit of like a little special place in my heart just because like it's something like i watched with my family like, yeah. growing up they were just like my parents were excited to like show those movies to us yeah but, i can understand like yeah. people having like some sort of like nostalgic take but like saying they're actually like good movies is a stretch because they're not they're very boring like i just find them all boring they just bore me mm-hmm. well um here's one for you that we haven't talked about and i'm a little surprised um how about toy story i don't consider that a trilogy not because of toy story 4 they ruined it with 4 <laughs> like i don't even don't get me I, started again yeah, oh no right? <laughs> i don't even consider 4 to exist but i still don't consider that a trilogy because it's not really like i don't see it as like a a designed uh through story like a you know what i mean i gotcha i gotcha like i just see him as like wow toy story is really successful we should probably do another one okay hey that worked out really well we should probably do another one like i don't see it as something that was like planned oh yeah because each story has its own like conclusion and wrap up right like pixar just they write movies when they want to yeah exactly not because somebody's making them profit that's why i've never yeah that's why i never thought of it as a trilogy because i just it, it wasn't like designed to be okay fair enough if that makes fair sense enough. Like, it's i could like say a... cars is a trilogy well we're not talking <laughs> we don't talk about cars in this podcast so. no 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 cars is that <laughs> what it's a... cars <laughs> is cars a thing it's you remember totally how that. quick we, we cut just... all of them from our from our <laughs> route rush war <laughs> yeah hey but that was because we were looking for like the Good you movies. know the best of the best in pixar <laughs> and, they are pretty decent it does we... actually wrap up the story I've I only mean, seen it, Cars it one, so I'll have to, yes, I yeah, it I'll is. Have, I'll have to take your take your word on it, but I've only seen the first one. Yeah, and yeah, that was enough. That was enough for me. <laughs> There's character development in them, you know, major character development in the third one, and basically passing of the torch. So there you go. That's all you need. You That's all trilogies need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, here's here's another one because I feel like somebody's gonna come for us uh, if we don't at least say the word. Um, how about it. how about Godfather? Yeah, see, mm. part three is just not good. 
That's so, the one I haven't seen. <laughs> um, that's okay. I think that's okay. Yeah. I got the the first two Godfather films, especially the first one, are very uh, well done. It's not something that I am going to turn on to watch. Like I don't think those films have rewatchability mm-hmm. unless you're doing it to study the craft itself of mm-hmm. filmmaking because those films are brilliant in a lot of ways but they're not really fun to watch <laughs> you know they're very yeah unless you're super yeah. into mm-hmm. the mafia scene. yeah and even still like i feel like uh even the pacing is almost too slow. Uh, too slow and i like older films like i don't mind a slow burn but i feel like uh, it takes too long for, especially the first Godfather, to actually for things to start happening. So, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah, I see that a lot on like top ten film trilogies of all time, and I always see Godfather as like number one. And I think it's just because it is like, regarded, like the notoriety and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like the same thing where it's like, oh, Shawshank Redemption is like one of the best movies of all time, and it's like, yeah, it's fine, but it's not. You know, it's not one of the best movies of all time. Right. <laughs> you know, and same okay. with like Citizen Kane. Same with like Citizen Kane. Like, these films are good as someone, as someone as like, in terms of like, film craft, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like some of the stuff mm-hmm. that, especially some of the stuff with like Citizen Kane, like what they were able to achieve for that era and in, in, in terms of filmmaking processes, like that's impressive. Um but they're just, I don't know. They, I don't consider them like favorites because I'm not just going to turn on Citizen or like Citizen Kane or The Godfather or whatever on a Saturday afternoon for like a happy fun time. Whereas, right, I would, whereas I would do that with Lord of the Rings. Like I turn on Lord of the Rings all the time. You know, I just have it playing in the background. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, it's just like a comfort food for me, you know? Yeah. Anybody else got any any quick ones to throw out? I do. I well, have a couple, but I'll let you all go first. I mean, I really like John Wick, but it's also not a trilogy because there's, like, I think there's going to be five of them, I think. But the first mm-hmm. three films are fantastic. If you haven't seen John Wick, you should give them a chance. I'm going to I'm I'm gonna set some time aside to watch rewatch The Matrix um, and yeah. then get yes. into John Wick. Yeah, definitely rewatch The Matrix. And probably even mm-hmm. The Watchmen because it's been a long time. Yeah, and that's another thing. If you're going to watch Watchmen, this is another kind of like Zack Snyder trait. Is almost all of his movies you need to watch his actual director's cut version of because they are infinitely mm-hmm. better than the theatrical release. I think that's the one that I have. Yeah. That's I have a nice steelbook edition. I think that's what I have. So, Helen, no in fact, um, Watchmen, he has the ultimate cut, which actually has the uh, uh, tale of the Black Freighter, like an animated because uh, if you've read if you've read Watchmen the graphic novel throughout the book it it cuts to like tales of the black tales from the black freighter as like a kind of yeah. like side story and if you watch the ultimate cut of Watchmen the film he inserts passages of like they hmm. made like an animated version of tales from the black freighter that's neat so it's really cool okay it's for like it's for like more like purists I guess <laughs> <laughs> but it is cool and I think Gerard hmm. Butler does the voice of the character for tales of the oh really tales of, yeah <laughs> interesting interesting but yeah same with you know same with like uh, justice league you got to watch the four hour version and not that not the theatrical cut 
you know i don't i don't think that that movie even exists anymore it shouldn't i, I really don't think it does <laughs> it definitely should not it is horrendous do you, what i know this is favorite film trilogies but does anybody have like a bad trilogy well we kind of we kind of talked about it we kind of goofed about it earlier but there's always blade yeah but i actually like the first two movies that, and that's fair uh, it, but and then we just but blade trinity is her like, it's like that's like the invisible <laughs> movie there that we don't talk about but it turns it into a trilogy but we just don't, yeah we just like don't. like blade 2 is actually really cool it really that's is a, that's a Guillermo del toro film so Dude, I used to like sit in my living room watching the Blade movies, like with a sword, like a fake sword, <laughs> and like try to be Wesley Snipes. I, dude, I love the Blade movies. They were very dark and, of course, like oh, not yeah. exactly Especially friendly, that, but hey. That first one has like some stuff in it that's like pretty just like gross. Like, For real, it does. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is not, this is just sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I gotta add Blade movies to my list now. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm gonna be busy this week oh my gosh it's gonna be sounds like a good week for, oh yeah for the most part well um mm-hmm. the the last one that i have on my list that we haven't really talked about is um the original x-men trilogy yeah the first two are really good yeah so it's another one of those cases where they had there was the first two and then they flew too close to the sun they yeah. went too far too fast and I still will Burned watch by the Phoenix. Yeah, I will still watch uh, X Men: Last Stand just because Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen as Xavier and Magneto mm-hmm. is still some of like the best casting ever. Well, my mm-hmm. I think my favorite casting in in the whole that whole trilogy um, is Jean Grey. Really, that's like my least favorite. I think I think she's my <laughs> she was always my favorite like in the movies, um, just because like you know like in the first you know one and then half of two her powers are just so mysterious like she just kind of does things yeah and then she starts to lose it in two you know but in three she's just like this badass bitch um who's just like killing people and doing what she wants but she's struggling but you know it's just kind of it's just kind of there yeah i mean i like Jean gray as like a character but i feel like yes. they've never got her right in any film ever no not yet i mean <laughs> yes they, exactly it was even worse with uh sansa stark playing her yeah i was <laughs> so... excited when they announced sophie turner was gonna play her um and then you had the I first movie she was in and i was like okay well that's a starting point like the whole young x-men it was all a starting point but then the next movie came out and i was like dude those well that happened those young x-men movies are just not good I liked first class. A I lot. like first class. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I, yeah, the, first class is good. The concept I of... liked, I liked first class when it came out, but mm-hmm. I recently rewatched it, and that movie's not good on second watching. Like, you don't I'm, think so? No, I was surprised on just like how bad it looks, and how bad it, the editing is, and just everything about it. I think I was more excited by the casting at the time, because a lot of the casting I liked. Because I oh, like yeah. James McAvoy, I like Michael Fassbender. You know, I like Jennifer Lawrence, but like, yeah, I rewatched it maybe a few months ago. It was like on TV or something and I watched it. I was like, God, this movie's awful. (laughs) I just cannot get into this at all. I hated Emma Frost or who they casted for Emma Frost. I thought that was the worst use of Emma Frost in a movie that was terrible, but I don't know. I enjoyed that movie. I've seen it many times, but 
You know, there's I mean, a lot of. I'm not uh, saying the, yeah, ahead, the X Men movies are the best movies ever, but I'm just yeah, a big no. X Men fan. So I think a lot of it also too a watch. is due to a recency bias, where we have stuff like the MCU to kind of like hold up as like a standard for superhero films mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. and kind of going back and watching some of these earlier attempts at trying to create these broader universes, and you realize how shitty they are. Because, like, X-Men yeah. squandered almost every opportunity they had for themselves. Well, I just blame mm-hmm. Brian Singer for that. Yeah, I blame yeah. Brian Singer for a lot of things. That's fair. <laughs> As we all should. Yeah. As we all should. Yeah. But, yeah, like, X-Men characters in that universe is so amazing. And it's just, like, honestly, like, the first two X-Men movies and then the Wolverine and Logan are, like, the only films that actually are good. Out mm-hmm. of, like, the other, like, what, eight that there are. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, the other ones are just... And they take, like, such prominent villains and just f- fucking ruin them. Like, they make them, apocalypse. like, the villain of the day kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just rush way too many things. Yes. Well, ho- so, hopefully yeah. the hopefully the MC is really, really taking their time with the concept of the mutants. Like, I just had a conversation last night, actually, and, like, <clears throat> so, okay, so they put the mutants in, um, but, like, which which iteration of the of the mutants are we, gonna, are we getting? Are we getting X-Men versus the uh, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? Like, does that fit into the world? Yeah. Meh? I don't know. Also, we've heard that story mm-hmm. be told, what, six times now? Um, yeah. <laughs> are we getting, or are we getting, like, the current, like, Krakoan mutants, where... You know, there isn't this team versus this team versus this team based off ideologies, but mutantdom is a group of people with their own country, with their own culture, where mm-hmm. they are not the villains of each other, but they're there to protect themselves and the yeah. rest of the world, you know? Honestly, judging on just how I feel like the MCU's handled character introductions in general, I feel like it's going to be more of uh, just introducing mutant kind as opposed to, like, trying to establish their ideologies and their, like, battle lines, you know? I think that's smart. I think I, that is, too, yeah, because I like it is it is well-worn territory, so it's not anything that's, like, surprising or fun mm-hmm. for the viewer anymore, because it's kind of like it's kind of like a Spider-Man thing. How many times do we have to watch Ben Parker die right. before we get it, you at, know? At this point, you should be able to see an X-Men and, yeah. and, and assume some small parts of their backstory or past and stuff like that like if they start yeah. talking about something you should go i i think i get the gist of like what they're talking also about. Should be what i what i want from the mcu x-men that we never really got with the fox x-men is i want more comic accurate costumes <laughs> like they they kind of teased they kind of teased wolverine's uh like classic like yellow and black costume at the end and like mm-hmm. a deleted scene for the Wolverine, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh my God, please, just have Hugh Jackman wear this once." <laughs> Hugh Jackman is like, "You're oh gonna pay gosh. me an additional five hundred thousand dollars for me to hold this in my hands, but I will yeah. not. I will never like, put this on." <laughs> I don't think they need to go like just like a you know a perfect perfect replica or whatever. But I feel like the MCU has done a fairly decent job with a lot of like costuming. They've like normalized a lot of, these... a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. So I hope we get. A but I feel like they're getting get to see ridiculous mutant stuff. I feel like they're also getting more bold with being comic, like a little bit more comic accurate. 
Mm. I mean, we saw it with WandaVision, giving Scarlet Witch more of like her Scarlet Witch look, and then giving Falcon his like a Fal- like Captain America Falcon look. Like, I feel like they are mm-hmm. getting a little bit more like, hey, you know, let's go ahead and just do this. Let's go ahead and push for it. So I kind of hope they do that with the X Men as well. Like, they don't have to make it like a, a you know full scale or whatever, but I don't want them running around in black leather. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> that was the style of the 90s, man. Come on. That was. That's like the best thing about the Matrix trilogy is like the costuming. <laughs> oh my god. Black leather for everybody. Because oh it's god. like, you know, the Matrix, you get to how you perceive yourself and everyone just perceives themselves as like wearing sunglasses and tight leather. <laughs> yes. Squeak, 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 squeak. Which I'm kind of curious it, uh, for the next Matrix film, like what's going to be like the look for you know what i mean like the new the new thing it's gonna be more 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 uh targeted it's towards gonna be, gen z yeah it's I gonna feel. be very flamboyant probably very <laughs> like, like very peacocking on there <laughs> well that's what i want out of the mutants too i want their costumes just to be like like get it go <laughs> <laughs> just do it <laughs> and so so speaking of in the comics there's this there's this thing that's happening currently called the uh the hellfire gala put on by Mm -hmm. emma frost um and it's basically like an opening of krakoa to the rest of the world so they can kind of come see like the culture the new culture and stuff um and this mutant fashion designer has created brand new they're not outfits like crime fighting outfits they're just like they're very fashion very fashionable outfits like based off of like the concepts of each character or their power set and stuff um so like you're you go to a fashion gala and every single mutant is in this like ridiculous flamboyant but it's so it's beautiful. like it's like the it is so it's, beautiful it's like the met gala in art and art in real life <laughs> kind of kind it's of it's just like, the x-men's version of the met gala <laughs> yeah so like you have like you have like foreign dignitaries showing up prime ministers in their black suits and ties um you have some some superheroes showing up in suits and ties but most of them are showing up in their uh their superhero get up because you know they're friends to some degree with this mutant or this mutant um but then like here comes emma frost and this most ridiculous diamondy revealing outfits you've ever seen um it's just like it's it's just a huge mess but it's beautiful at the same time (laughs) like the team that did this must have had like one hell of a time getting to just go all out because it's not like they don't have to be functional because they're not they're not they're not like new costumes for them to go out and be heroes in no i want them to be the actual hero costume (laughs) some of them would be quite a show wow like storm like for instance storm has this beautiful like dress leotard thing but like she also has like lightning coursing through her hair at the same time like it's so amazing like each of the costumes each of the costumes shows off their powers and their personality and sometimes they're like history of costume choice like it's It's literally like the met gala met greek mythology Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing let's let's literally wear our powers on our sleeves (laughs) (laughs) all right well uh yeah i can't think of any more uh film trilogies good bad or otherwise there's honestly not really that 
many out there because they're either ruined by sequels or they never even got trilogy status. So <laughs> it's kind of like a very true. It's kind of a small group. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's going to do it for this episode. Um, guys, you have anything else or are we good? To... We're good. I think we're, we're good. good. Think we're good. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up. So uh, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode. And also take some time, write us a review, leave us some stars, uh, you know, write into the show. You can email us at demasteredpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at poddemastered. And yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. See ya. Bye.